0: Bechioni. Vecchione, 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 okay, I wasn't even close. You were, nah, you were close, you were close. I was a little close. Author of Crooked Brooklyn, everybody listening, or watching, there it is, I'll link it in the bio and in the top comment. It's great. Little, little eerie. I, I started, and I was, obviously, I was recommended to you through Bruce Sackman, and I was like, all right, getting into another investigator, but great narrator, by the way, it goes with it perfectly, and it started. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, per- it's very good, right? In yeah. fact... We're, I'm just finishing up a new one. Yeah. Um, we got a we got a deal just before the pandemic hit to do um, to do another one of these audio books.
0: Oh, yeah?
1: about a um, a Sicilian hitman who used to be an oh, informant shit. for me at some point. Oh, so, oh shit! Yeah, so we're um, uh, my writing partner and I are just about finished. We're on the last chapter. We need to turn it in sometime in February, in uh, January. So, um, so hopefully you'll be happy. You'll have me back when. when I that will
0: absolutely, a hundred percent. You don't have a say in the matter of having you back. It's like I tell Bruce. Bruce came on once, and I was like, "You're screwed, man. You're coming on my podcast all the time." <laughs> but Bruce hasn't narrated his book. Granted, that wasn't you. That was a narrator. But Bruce doesn't have an audi- uh, audio book. Bruce's no, book, he doesn't. I, the,
1: he doesn't. I roast We're him trying. every
0: time. I roast him every time. I'm like, Bruce, what the hell are you doing?
1: Yeah. Well, you know. Um, it's with these publishing companies, it's a matter of money. You know, yeah. it's just um, how much money is the book making? How much money do I have to expend for uh, or do they have to expend for the, um, you know, for the actor who reads yeah. it and
0: all the production costs? Yeah. You know, so Tell, I told Bruce, I, I, we're getting away into this for everybody listening. Why don't you introduce yourself? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, always uh, forget to, okay. I always forget to do that.
1: Well, my name is Michael Vecchione and I um, now am retired from the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office. I was chief of the Rackets division for uh, for about 13 years. And um, uh, now I'm writing books about the adventures that I had. And I had many during the time I was in uh, the DA's office. So, um, yeah. and thank you very much for having me. It It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you for coming on. Yeah, your book's bad. Let's say, I go back to Bruce. I've called Bruce. I'm like, you know, he said the same thing. He's like, I don't know how much, how much uh, it costs, how much. I was like, Bruce, just grab your book. Come on my podcast. I'll start recording. I'll just leave the room for eight hours and just read your book. And yeah. my gen, I tell this to every author I have on my generation is so ADD. I will not sit down and read a book unless I am forced to at gunpoint. But yeah. if I can just throw on the audio. I will go it's the inverse. I will not only listen to what I'm interested in. I will go out of my way to listen to anything and everything. Uh,
1: exactly. I know that. I know that. We're um I have to tell you that it was a little bit uh, this is my this the one I'm writing now is my fourth. Mm-hmm. So when we got this deal, I was very surprised that it came in the first one came in the form of an audiobook. Yeah. And um and our agent said uh, said to me, "Mike, this is the the way it goes now, you know that's uh, that's the way of the world. So, yeah. um, so I'm happy. I'm happy that it's. Uh, I loved this audiobook, the one that you're talking about. The, yeah. the actor was great. Yeah. And he, he's done some of the voices that are um, you know that were there, and he, he this one that I'm doing now is going to be a little interesting because the the hitman had this very thick kind of Sicilian broken English, yeah. you know, and he would have talked like this yeah. to me.
0: Yeah.
1: So I'm waiting to see who the actor is going to be that uh that they get to uh to do the reading it's um uh, it's going to be quite, quite challenging for him because we do a lot of dialogue in the book you know yeah. so
0: and um, yeah i was going to say yeah it's so like it start, started and i was listening to it i was like all right awesome like great firsthand account but i was only like i don't know what 20 minutes in and it got to the point of like yeah so they like killed the guy right they whacked him they threw his body out in the woods and again i was like all right you know seems like it's par for the course but then they return or then they take the return they get the skull and they punch the teeth out so there's no dental records that's when i went oh shit (laughs) i was like i was like this is just jumping up a notch but yeah it, it it was
1: um it was quite a case you know the first when when i first started with that investigation the first thing that came to my mind was the sopranos episode where they took the guy into the russian guy into the um into the woods to kill him um, and um, and he disappears they shoot him but he yeah. disappears and um, and that's what this was like because when the when the, the driver of the car who was my informant told me the story and he said he heard the shots. And, uh, and then nobody came out of the woods, yeah. not the, um, you know, certainly didn't expect the guy that got shot to come out of the woods, but yeah. he expected his partner to come out of the woods. Yeah. He didn't come out. And um, so he went in, as you probably have gotten to the point at this one. He he went into the woods to see what was going on and then gets attacked by the guy who has two bullet holes in his yeah. chest. Yeah. So, um, and yeah. then he's and he gets attacked and gets knocked down and he's actually fighting with yeah. the guy when – when the uh, the shooter comes out and crushes, yeah, crushes his skull, crushes with a his bike. skull,
0: and yeah, yeah, no, I got through. No, I got through the whole book. It's a great book. It's oh, you yeah, did? Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. okay,
1: good. good. Come I'm happy to hear that. Come on,
0: now, I'm a professional. If I'm going to have a guest on that wrote a book, I'm going to listen to their damn book. They're giving nah, me their time. Great. They're coming on, giving me content. I'm going to listen to their book.
1: The, Terrific. I, Terrific.
0: I, would, I would feel like a hooker. If I, <laughs> I feel like a low class hooker, you know what? I am. I may be a hooker, but you know what? I'm a high class escort. I go for Russian well, oligarchs. So I'm not a hooker. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, it's God. so. It, as when I, I had on Jack Garcia two weeks ago, well, last Monday, mm-hmm. two Mondays ago.
1: How is he? I know Jack very well. Is he? Is he? He's, is
0: he? Yeah, he's awesome. Healthy? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Terrific? yeah, yeah. He and I, he and I text. We text each other memes. He's a he's a funny guy. He's uh, yeah, he is. He's coming on again Monday. But in his and so he was talking about you know, wearing a wire. And I guess in my mind, because despite all of the like Cold War history I devour, I just assumed that wearing a wire was still the same as like 1950s and you had like telephone cable in your shirt. No. And, and you're, I just assumed because, you know, I'm an idiot. I was like, man, how do they still wearing wires? But you go into your book. I mean, it's they say it's as thin as a human hair and they, the guy just weaves it into the lapel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was like oh that,
0: shit okay yeah
1: and you and you know the um, what it was connected to Little Those were the yeah. microphones you know usually with the new with the technology that we were using you don't need to use microphones that the device is so sensitive that it picks it up but we in that case wanted the microphones because the judge it was a, obviously you know it was a it was a crooked judge
0: mm-hmm.
1: who was shaking down a lawyer for money in order to sign a um, to sign a settlement on a big case yeah he would whisper into the into the lawyer's ear. yeah
0: yeah
1: so we were afraid yeah. that the device which would be in his pocket or somewhere else wouldn't pick it up and that's why our detective george was able to he um, came up with that idea about the about the wires and the lapels of his jacket yeah so, yeah. You know, I got to I got to tell you this, Tom. When we asked the lawyer, we said to him, "Next time you come in, we're going to wire you. Bring a jacket." And he said, "Well, what for? What reason?" Yeah. We said, "And bring a jacket that you don't want anymore." Yeah. Because you know, we had to cut it open and yeah. and and do the tailoring. So yeah. it was um worked well, perfectly. I got to tell you, the the quality of the audio take of the the recording was was
0: fantastic. You know? Yeah. So. and it well that that sent me off on this like whole mental rabbit hole if you can't tell this podcast there's no there's no topic there's no we just let it run it's so after listening to that the human thin as a human hair and woven into the i just began thinking i was like man how many like i'm just thinking cold war even through today i'm like how many like nice suits have been gifted how many suit stores have you know or have cia fronts in hong kong or beijing or moscow how many you know how many night or even just intercepted mail you ordered an you know ordered a new sweatshirt but you know we got to keep an eye on that tommy character you you tag it slice it open I, I wouldn't notice there's a bunch of little strings in here that just got me thinking then it got me thinking about like secret service and everyone in the white house and it's like it's probably this whole yeah. i mean granted i know they're all connected via there but it just got me thinking i was like oh man it is it gets shadier and sh- more shadowy very quickly than I ever imagined.
1: Oh yeah. Let me tell you another suit story. Sure. It's, it, it's a, it's, a um, it's in the new book and it's a little different, but it's a suit story and it's, it kind of fits in exactly what you were saying. So this, this, this guy that we're writing about, um, he's re- he's enlisted by the banana crime family to transport heroin across the country from New York to Los Angeles. Okay. And of course he has to, um, you know, it's before 9-11, of course. And, it, and um, so there wasn't the kind of scrutiny that there is now with, um, with smuggling things onto airplanes. It's almost impossible. Yeah. Back then, it was still difficult, but, um, but not impossible. And so what they had him do, the, the, uh, the wise guys, his handlers, they had him buy a suit that was several times bigger than him. And he was a small, short but heavy guy. And um, the suit was big and had deep pockets. They had to get it custom made. So when he would get, he, when he would smuggle the heroin, he would fill the pockets in this big suit with the heroin packages. And, uh, and we're talking about kilos. We're not talking yeah. about, you know, little dime bags. Yeah. We're talking about a lot of heroin. And um, what he would do is wait until the, uh, just before the doors to the plane would close and then rush up with his ticket to the yeah. ticket taker
0: yeah. uh, and go, uh, and get yeah. on because yeah. no
1: one would you know hurry up hurry yeah, up, yeah, hurry up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he but and no one cared because he was a heavy guy so yeah. he had this big fat suit on yeah. but the fat was really packages yeah. of heroin oh, and Jesus. and he did it inside so, and he couldn't fall asleep of course on the, the cross-country trip because they were afraid that you know someone would uh, would get wise and maybe touch him or wake him up or something and uh, they were afraid that that would yeah. blow the whole th- whole deal yeah so he did he did several of those trips about 15 of them across the country with the packages of heroin and uh, and never got caught once. So That's it's insane.
0: unbelievable. Yeah. I I moved uh I moved home in 2016 f- from Georgia up here to Maryland and I just I just threw all my clothes in like trash bags, just big black trash bags and didn't think anything, just threw it in the back of my little Honda Civic. I mean, I'd been in a college town for like 6 years. Right. I drove home and just kind of being I mean, there's no other word for it, just being lazy I just didn't take him out for like months cause I was I don't know I had workout clothes I had clean socks I was like I don't you know I don't need all that other shit just being a guy but I was also going up and I was visiting my grandmother in New York so like once a week for like a year I was just driving from Maryland to New York and I remember one time I, my dad walked out and was like saw my car and was like what is all that and I was like oh it's just clothes he's like you're going up and down this corridor I was like yeah he was like, You're going to get pulled over by a black SUV one day because they're going to think you're a mule. And I was like, For what? And now I'm like just packed to the ceiling with like trash bags and I'm going through like downtown Manhattan and stuff. <laughs> I'm parking for hours in weird spots, doing nothing wrong. But in my mind, I'm like, Oh, I didn't do anything wrong. But yeah, and that might not have been a good idea.
1: But well, let me, <laughs> let me give you, a, let me tell you another one, another sure. story about on the same topic. Sure. So the same guy was, was uh, tasked with flying to Miami, meeting a guy down there who had a red Porsche, a small red Porsche. He was his, his compadre in this whole operation. And, um, and he met him. And the reason that my guy was going down there was to literally ride shotgun in this two-seater Porsche with 100 pounds of heroin in the back of the Porsche. Jesus. And they drove from Miami all the way to Brooklyn and um and the question that i had for him was how the hell did you not get stopped and they he didn't but when he testified this guy was such was so good as a as a a witness he was he was called by uh, president reagan's commission on organized crime to testify in front of congress and and one of the commissioners asked him why did you have the shotgun and his answer was I can't guard heroin with a lollipop in my pocket. I yeah. have to have a heroin. I have to have a shotgun. Because yeah. he was, they were afraid—not of the cops. Yeah, they were afraid of you know somebody, yeah. a highwayman of uh, you know, uh, to use a very odd term at this point, but someone to steal you know to steal all the heroin. Absolutely. So uh, But he did that. He did that a few times, all the way up the eastern seaboard, without getting stopped once by the police. The commissioners of the on this commission were, were shocked. That law enforcement, they, they got through law enforcement. But when you think about it, if you don't give the police any reason to stop you, they're not going to stop you. you know, yeah. So two guys riding in a, in a red Porsche from Miami to New York is not necessarily yeah. going to yeah. cause, I, I think I would have used a different car because yeah. it is a flashy car, but, um, but they made it. That and, might, um,
0: but that might be even the move is to use a flashy car hide it in plain sight be like these yeah. idiots wouldn't possibly be doing this because they're in such a flashy car right yeah
1: yeah exactly maybe exactly. it's just
0: you just it just i don't know two bachelors in a flashy car you know whatever they're living their best yep. life
1: yeah yeah well he did it yeah he did it
0: so. that's what i always think of is like man if you really want to traffic drugs what you do is like you put it in cars of people that don't know they're even trafficking right yeah it, that'd be yeah. the way to do it i don't know how you would do it but i don't necessarily mean like someone's trafficking something and they're they're not in the need to know. So you don't tell them what it is. I mean, like you would somehow f- in all of my crime brilliance, like I know what I'm talking about, you would somehow <clears throat> find someone that didn't even know that they were trafficking, like, a I don't know, like a U-Haul truck, you would just I don't know, GPS tag it just because that's going to be the most because incon- they actually don't think they're doing anything wrong, right? Yeah,
1: right. it's happened. It's yeah. happened where they duped people into thinking that it's one thing and really it's something else. So it's um it's not not unheard of, you know. So yeah. um so, But the, this the the other thing with this guy is that they sent him to Chicago a number of times to, to to mule uh heroin back and forth. And but not with a plane, with a train. And the reason is because he was trafficking it with uh, in suitcases. And if he was on a plane back then, if he had a suitcase that size, you would need to check it. So they didn't want to run the risk of somebody getting nosy and opening it. So he took the train, and um, and he had to have the suitcase with him the entire time so that nobody would would disturb it. So um, so they were ingenious in terms of getting this stuff, um, you know, around the country. And um, and 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 this was all part of of a an operation that was dubbed the Pizza Connection because what they were doing was. the 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 heroin was coming from sicily and it was being smuggled into canada and to the united states in boxes that contained pizza supplies like olive oil and um and cheese and um and 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 tomato sauce that kind of thing and and they had pizzerias from new york to chicago that were part of the operation (laughs) and stuff would come in and then somebody would go to the pizzeria and take the the uh the heroin from wherever it was um however it was smuggled in so jesus
0: Um, christ
1: yeah it's good it's it's It's, it it, luckily luckily they had at the same time there was an fbi agent like garcia but but you know this guy donnie brasco the donnie brasco story he was embedded with these people with the bananas at the time and um and learned of the operation and that's how it started the investigation started and then it got busted several years later. So, um, so my guy was one of the mules uh, and a very, very um, successful mule too. Never got arrested, never. So, it's,
0: um, how do you think uh, self-driving cars are going to play into this whole equation? Because what if you can just, you know, because they're talking about obviously they're not at hundred, they're not at one hundred percent automation yet. But I mean, it's right. coming. And then what's also coming is them. Team, it's kind of it's kind of funny. Uber was like. A, apparently uber contacted tesla like two years ago and they're like hey like we'd love to go in on a business venture we'll let you get in on like our market and you use your self-driving cars and tesla was like we don't need you like we have the self-driving cars that's the that's the hardest part of the equation like we'll figure out an uber system but point being well something like that happens and you just get some Cybertruck with like a thousand mile range, and this podcast not sponsored by Tesla. But if you just get some Cybertruck, right, and you just have that thing pull up, and um, I don't know, you just throw a suitcase in there, or just you just have a bunch of self-driving heroin that if it gets caught, there's no one in it. And is that a problem? Is that going to be a problem? Well,
1: here's here's why they w- I don't think that they would do it for long distances. Short distances, maybe.
0: Okay, they
1: would be afraid of exactly what you just said. Something happens to the truck. Yeah. And it, it breaks down, then they lose the entire sure, cargo. Sure. And there's a lot of money to be lost. You know, what I mean, yeah. that stuff is, if you're talking about, so let's say now in this day and age, Mexican cartels trying to um, smuggle that stuff across the border and then up into the United States, they're not in the business of losing money. So yeah. um, I'm not sure that they would take a chance using a self driving car. Yeah. But, but, let's say from New York, in New York, from let's say Brooklyn to Manhattan. Okay. Or from and, and my guy transported a lot of drugs from Brooklyn to uh, to other parts of Brooklyn. Brooklyn's a big
0: yeah, it's
1: a big borough in terms of distance. So he would go from North Brooklyn to South Brooklyn with um, with with pounds of heroin in the car, and um, so that kind of a, a trip would be something that I think a self driving car might be used for. But they're they're too selfish, yeah. particularly the wise guys. They're not going to run yeah. the risk. Of losing you know that kind of product, yeah um, just for the sake of somebody not getting arrested because yeah. the person that they have to mule it they don't care is, is expendable. They yeah. don't they don't care if he gets caught as yeah. long as he keeps his mouth shut. You know? yeah so
0: well it, it made me think of those like uh, have you ever seen those excuse me, have you ever seen those like narc, narco subs? Yes, submarines I mean those carry literal tons, like 2,000 pound units of cocaine from yep. South America up to the Gulf of Mexico. But they lose those all the time because it's when the manned subs they have no the manned subs they have I believe can go underwater, but they're unmanned ones, they haven't mastered it yet, so they have to stay just below the surface. Kind of like they're only like sub sub submerged.
1: Yeah, I gotcha. I I mean but
0: those are but those are autonomous and those I mean, and they get busted all the time. There's I mean, yeah, and those have I mean, can have up to 10,000 pounds of product, of like finished product. So it's, you know, when you're looking at quantities like that, maybe not a pound here or a pound there, but when you're looking at like a score that big, maybe there is temptation to be like, how many mules do we have to pay to get that? Versus, you know, these guys, although greedy, I mean, that same exact greed and selfishness, I think could argue for automation because they're like, I mean, hell, they're businessmen. They're like, Hey, let's cut out the middleman. Let's yeah, but
1: here's what happens. The first time one of the cars gets busted with the stuff in it. It's over. Now the police are, are on yeah. the lookout for cars with no drivers and yeah. they know that that they're being used yeah. by um Yeah. So so it's um it's an idea but one that I think needs a lot more thought. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. To, to I, I realized it, as I'm saying this, I'm like I'm trying to put together this argument in my head and then I'm like Oh, like, I'm literally talking to a guy that busts this shit. And I'm like, why am I trying to be like, no, let me explain to you. Like, my, I know you think you got an idea, Mike, but I'm friends with, you know, I just read a book called Crooked Brooklyn. So let me tell you about what I learned. But um, to do kind of complete 180 with uh, when they're surveilling the, uh, the judge, right? And they're putting this stuff in the ceiling, the hole in the yes. ceiling and all that shit. And the guy doing his little cigar dance and, you know, taking the 200 out and all that stuff. Yeah. How high up does that go? Do you think that I mean, because I mean, that's you. I always think of just like, you know, that'd be like a stupid person like me. I'd be like a mule and I would get caught doing something. But a Supreme Court judge for the state, I mean. What how high up does it go and how easy well, the, is it?
1: The, the three judges that were caught yeah. by you know me in this this investigation where it was individual. There was no other way. There was nobody else involved. And the reason for that is the judges who were involved couldn't take a chance that if they were involving someone else, because they didn't have to involve anyone else, uh, but if they did, there was a chance that that person would give them up. Now, what happened with the first one was he was greedy, and he, he told the lawyer who was... He wanted. This is the case in which the lawyer was representing the the infant in the and and in order to to have the infant's settlement um, completely done, a judge had to sign off on it. So the judge took advantage of it and said, "Pay me, otherwise I'm not going to sign off on the infant settlement." The problem was that the, he he picked the wrong guy. You know, the the lawyer um, at the time, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. The lawyer at the time was um, was concerned for himself and also maybe thought that this was a sting and he was going to get caught if he didn't give it up. So he gave it up. Um, so he picked the wrong guy. The judge picked the wrong guy. But there was no one else involved in that except the judge. And you don't have to go any further. In order to, do, to be successful with what these judges did, which was to shake down lawyers and clients, you do it quietly. You do it inside your court, inside your robing room or your chambers, which is why we put the recording device and the videotape in the chambers yeah. you know so um but what happened and what i meant before by the lawyer this lawyer must have learned from what the judge was doing because about i would say two or three years later after the case was over he got arrested and charged in manhattan for stealing his clients funds he was yeah. taking client funds and and uh, and and using it for his own purposes. so um so he wasn't the most honest guy in the world That's when, we, when he was guy. involved with us yeah. but uh, I've but to answer your question, nobody else higher than these judges. Yeah. However, you saw the other case involving the Democratic leader uh, of the of the party in the Brooklyn, mis- yeah, uh, Clarence Norman. Yeah. He the, he he used a lot of other people, and yeah. my particular my personal opinion, although we never were able to get the, this specifically, was that judges were paying him off in order to get his endorsement for them to get to the the supreme court so um was, so that's a different situation but the judges were were just greedy bastards and you know, a
0: bunch of fucking rats
1: Yes, yeah,
0: yeah, scummy sleazy rats
1: and you know not for with regard to garson who was the guy that had the the uh video and the audio in his chambers he wasn't getting a lot of money from from this yeah. lawyer. he was but that's how greedy he was he would yeah. he would Lunches and dinners and you know and and wine and scotch and you know that kind of stuff and it's
0: it's the hunt. It's it's not necessarily the 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 take. I think it's the hunt, right? Oh yeah, it's the it's it's the game.
1: They could get away with it.
0: It's yeah, it's that little dopamine hit.
1: Garson was when he was a lawyer before he became a judge. I shouldn't say when he was a lawyer. He was always a lawyer, but when he was in private practice. He worked. Uh, his one of his one of the major clients he had was the taxi industry in um, in New York, and he was in order to take care of his business there, he was um, taking care of judges at the time, so he could make sure that his client, you know, would would get the most favorable treatment. So when he then went on the bench and became a judge, basically what he said was, "It's my turn." Yeah. You know, it's my yeah. turn. Yeah, I, I'll tell you one little one. One little uh, anecdote. Sure. I would, in the middle of this whole investigation, I'm walking from the Supreme Court building over to my building, which was uh, not far. It was you know a block or two. And I, I get a guy who I didn't know. I didn't know who he was, and he was standing by the Supreme Court building. And uh, and I think I put this anecdote in the book. And he kind of calls me.
0: Yeah, yeah, I look yeah. At him, yeah. Say,
1: And he said, and he was a court officer. And he said, he said to me, first of all,
0: you you know, know you're doing the
1: right thing. He said, but uh, I got to tell you another story. He went from one judge. I'm sorry, not went from one judge. He was working for a particular judge who was in the criminal term. So that meant he dealt with criminal cases. There's no money to be made by judges who are crooked in a criminal term. However, when you move to the civil side where you do money cases, yeah. then you can shake down people and in settlements and stuff. So this judge had the gall and the balls to say in front of his whole staff, we're moving to civil starting next term and now we can make some money.
0: That's insane. So, That's insane.
1: Out in the open, not even a not even a problem, not even a problem. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's the way you know. And, and I thought when we had finished these cases that we had made an impact on, you know, the way judges were chosen and and how they operated. And it turns out that um, I don't think we had any impact at all. I think it was they just kind of flicked it and said, "Those guys got caught, too bad." Now let's get back to business. You know, so it, it was. Um, yeah. They treated, I gotta tell you something, Tom, they treated me like, uh, like shit. I was a pariah, you yeah. know? I would go to, to Christmas parties or to bar association events and nobody would come up, nobody would come to me except one judge who was a really good guy. I knew, I knew him for a long time. And he came up to me, kind of whispered to me and he said, you're doing the right thing, keep it up. Good. You know? So so that made me feel good.
0: So the rest of them can go to hell. You don't want to be yeah. liked by those people. If there's, a no, no, people, I, yeah, if there's a bunch of shitty people. Yeah, there's a bunch of shitty people around you that give you accolades. You're not doing something right. If a bunch of shitty people are looking at you, if you're in a room with Hitler, Stalin, and Mussolini, and they're looking at you and they're like, "Look at this pussy. Good. Yeah,
1: Good. that's a. That's a. That's a. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You don't you don't want to be in. I mean, I get it's easier said than done. You know, that's that's the field of work you're in. And yeah, it definitely has, you know, socially limiting and it can start to make you question. What are you doing? Is this worth it? It's but you got to stick up for what you think and not necessarily even what you think is right. What you objectively know is right. Right. I mean, right. Absolutely. It's it's not an argument. It's not. I think you shouldn't be able to shake down. No, it is. That is we're not we're not arguing you know is what's your opinion on gravity i think it's 9.81 meters per second squared is that no 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 that's what it is there's no well you know it might be a little lighter but right. to move from that corruption what what do you think is going on right because today november say 6th or 5th i can't keep track november 5th one thirty p.m east 129 p.m eastern time 2020 we are in the midst of of course, twenty twenty can only deliver an election like this. I don't know what right. what hope right. I thought or what, yeah, what hope I thought I had that like, hey, you're from hell. Yeah, right. I've been so op- nauseatingly optimistic. I've had on Delta Force guys, and they're like, "Stop with your doe eyed bullshit." And I'm like, "No, we gotta stay positive, guys." And my logic was is regardless of my political leanings, I was like, I just wanted someone to win decisively, Biden mm-hmm. or Trump. I was like, just maybe we can just have. Whatever, because if that's the case, then democracy still wins. I said that the day before. I was like, you know what, democracy is still like a like a schmuck. And of course, now here we are, and it's the whole thing is just diarrhea on fire. So that being said, what is what is happening? Do is there is there is there a guy like you out there that's figuring out what the hell is happening? And I'm not even trying to go pro or against anyone. Everyone knows my leanings on this podcast, but I don't even want to do that. Just objectively. Is there someone, is there an archangel looking over right now and finding out what the hell is going on with these ballots?
1: Well, the only way I can answer that, Tom, is is to say I hope so. But I I have to tell you, I have to tell you this. And this probably answers the question better than anything. When we when I first got into this corruption investigation, which took about five years of my life, you know, in terms of to, to do it, it went from one case to another, to another, to another. When we were about, when I had the idea of putting the videotape and the audio uh, in the judges' chambers, and I went to a guy who worked for me, who had been around a long time, he had done a lot of investigations, he had done a lot of organized crime investigations, was involved with wiretaps, and I told him what I wanted to do, and his answer to me was, his comment was, are you fucking crazy? Are you crazy? You can't do that. Nobody has ever put a camera or audio device in a judge's chambers I said well that's not necessarily the you know the deciding factor yeah. that no one's done that I said what do you think about it he said well you know I, I don't think you should do it so I then said to myself now I really am going to do it yeah because I was I was certain that I was right about this yeah and I was certain that if we did that we were it was going to bear fruit. Yeah. And um, and you see, it surely it surely did. Yeah. And it led to it led to the whole investigation. Three judges, the number three person in the New York State Assembly, another assembly person uh, who was in a different situation, but all of this came from this investigation because people felt as you just asked, is there somebody out there who will listen to me and they found out that there was when the lady who was, or the woman who was involved with the judge who was fixing her divorce case had gone to another prosecutor's office. They had gone to the FBI. She had gone to the uh, federal prosecutors. She had gone to the attorney general's office. And they basically all said to her in so many words, the same thing my, my colleague said to me, are you fucking crazy? We're not... There's, there's no way you're out of your mind you're nuts so what happened was she saw on TV on the news one night the sentencing of the first judge that we convicted and um, the guy with the with the microphones you know on his in the lapels of the yeah, lawyer yeah, yeah and saw that there was a prosecutor out there who would actually take judges on yeah and she came to us the next day had to sit down with one of my, uh, one of my colleagues who was writing, we call riding the guy that's on call to take these kinds of cases. And, uh, and I gotta tell you, and I think I write this in the book that he had gone to, um, people who were just below me in the bureau in my, my division. And they said to him the same thing, are you nuts? This lady's probably crazy, but he didn't give up. He went to George terror, who was a detective, in, uh, in the office and George, uh, interviewed her, the woman Frida Hanemoff, and um, he came to me and he said, "Mike, I think there's something here," and I trusted George, you know, 100, uh, percent and I said, "Let's do it." And that's how I got involved. Now I took the case myself mm-hmm. because obviously there were people who worked for me who were not comfortable with doing this, so I did it myself. You know, if if um, if you want to be a leader, you got to be able to get into the trenches, and uh, yeah. and I did, and yeah. um, and I did it, and um, but. There are, Tom, as you know, there are people who are afraid of what the consequences may be, even though they know that what they're, doing they're, right. they're doing the right thing, and therefore they shy away. I didn't. You yeah. know, I didn't shy away.
0: Because um, you're a man. That's why.
1: Well, I got to tell you that it did cost me, but, um, you know. It, well, uh,
0: well, no one's but, ever gotten anything worth know, it for free.
1: I'm still here. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. And wrote the book, and you liked it. So I loved the, it, and I'm going to plug
0: it on my podcast. But you're right. Thank you. I hate Thank that you. logic of no one's ever done that before. Okay? Yeah. If, if we stick yeah. with that logic, we would still be – we wouldn't even be in the caves. We would be primordial, like – Amphibians like looking right. at the beach and like I think I'm gonna crawl up on the beach with my fins and all fish fishers going. No one's ever done that before. I think yep. I'm I got an idea for this <laughs> thing. It's called the wheel. No one's ever done that before. Dumbass, stay here. On and on. I'm gonna. F- I mean, imagine the Wright brothers. Imagine being alive in 1902 and seeing these two jackasses on the beach with three-piece suits and a thing made of balsa wood, paper mache and a diesel engine. And he's like, I'm gonna go flying it would be like, what the hell are you smoking? Yeah. And then he did it. And then 12 years later, 13 years later, the entire, the great, the first world war was arguably decided by airborne surveillance. The point is, is the idea that you're not going to do something because no one else has done it
1: is nuts. Hey, listen, you know, the, the first book that I did, Friends of the Family, which was the Mafia Cops case, that case sat in the federal prosecutor's office. For 10 years, the allegations sat in boxes for 10 years until Tommy Dage, the detective who worked with me, came to me and said, I got this. You want to do something? Now, this is another case. Nobody, you imagine sitting around I taking on two detectives um, I haven't with a read, 10-year-old I, case?
0: I haven't read that. Is that one on Audible?
1: Um, I don't think that they did an audio book of it, but it's probably going to because... We just um, we just signed a, a big deal. With um, are you familiar with Terry Winter, the uh, the writer? He wrote no, Wolf of Wall
0: Street. Oh, okay, yeah. Sopranos. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boardwalk
1: Empire. Yeah, okay. Well, he is now signed on to um, oh, to shit. do this uh, to do Friends and a Family as hopefully a. TV series. Oh, we're uh, we're very very close. Yeah, yeah. We um we, we signed it. So I think what's going to happen is um, Harper Collins, which was the the publishing publisher. company, is going to more than likely re-release the book. Um, and uh, I'm going to push on push them for uh, you know to do an audio book because I think that that's the way of the world.
0: Well, yeah. It's 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 like I tell Bruce, Bruce, who I love. I love you, Bruce. If it's not on Audible, I will. I, I'll, I'll go buy it on Kindle and then you can get your phone to read it to you. The problem is, it's in that shitty robot voice. You know, it'd be like yeah. Crooked Brooklyn yeah. by Michael Vecchione today. Yeah. And it's just, it, there's no inflection, it's all. But I was going to say, friends of the family, let's backtrack from that. That could be another episode, and I will buy that on Kindle, and you and I can do an episode on that. So let's not spoil it. Yeah, Don't I, spoil I, it. Don't spoil it. Let's divert Okay, it. No, I that. won't. Okay. You okay. Just,
1: um, it's, a, uh, it's a terrific um, – I mean these guys, these two detectives thought they got away with this. They were mob payroll, killing people for the mob, and and they thought that they retired. They were in Las Vegas, yeah. living in Las Vegas. Ten years. And, um, I'm going to buy we, it right now.
0: I'm gonna go on to so, Kindle right now as we're talking and I'm going to buy it friends of the family friends of the for everybody listening just stand by friends of the family come on family yeah you
1: might have to put one of our names in
0: friends of the, of the family authors. yep there it is top one there you go friends of the family and got it.
1: Terrific. Well, when you read it, after you read it, have me back. We'll talk about it. I will.
0: Another another
1: unbelievable case.
0: And I'm sure you can track your sales so you can call my bullshit. I did just buy it. So, with, what do you think, as someone that did surveillance like this, what do you think about, what do you think about something like, like Project Veritas that seems to be getting a ton of shit from all sides Mm. this year, but, And they do have leanings, that's undeniable, and I get it. And I can get if people that don't lean that way can cognitively, cognitive dissonance can kind of push it away. Sure, I get it, we all do it. You see someone you like getting bad rep and you just kind of block it out. We're all guilty of it. We do it with sports teams, we do it with lovers, whatever. But there does seem to be a certain, and your book proved this, there does seem to be a certain objective concrete quality to just a video or audio of someone incriminating themselves and I feel like in a world right now where it's all an information warfare from the left and from the right from Fox and CNN from the DNC from the RNC Everyone's trying to screw each other and paint everyone in a a bad light and there's you never know what's real What's fake? What's an actual email? What's a manufactured email? What's foreign intelligence? I mean it is as Dale Comstock the guy I've had on here who worked for the CIA said it's a foggy forest of mirrors I feel like the only way to kind of cut through all this bullshit is You do have to do what you guys did and you just have to get video and audio of the person doing the thing that you are claiming they did.
1: There, there's no question that that makes a case. Listen, I, I've done I've done many, many, many trials in my career.
0: Yeah,
1: I've done many investigations. I've done some where I took other people's work and um, and did the cases, but I've done a lot myself. And when you have concrete evidence as opposed to a witness just telling you,
0: yeah,
1: or telling a jury what happened, it's like night and day. Yeah. Um, particularly with um, with cases involving you know wise guys because they you could get a million eyed, uh, witnesses not witnesses in sense that I've seen it happen but yeah. people who hear other people you know do stuff yeah. and do say things and yes. things like that and um, and but the person who's telling that to the jury is as bad sometimes as the person who's on trial so you need corroboration you need when you have it and you have that kind of corroboration like we had with the judges. Well, you know, a jury is going to look at it and say, I saw what you just did. It's not, I heard somebody tell me you just did it. I saw it. So, you know, it's very difficult to get around that. And, you know, in the judge case in, in judge Garson with the, the video, you know, that he, he and his lawyer actually said to the jury, that what you see don't believe what you see he actually they actually he's got a lawyer actually said that and because he said that he did not take any money so i remember standing up and replaying the tape where he takes the money that was handed to him by the cash that we gave to the lawyer to give to the judge. And he counts out a few bills and puts it in his pocket yeah, on the videotape. Two,
0: the 200, yeah. So
1: I said to the jury, he wants you to believe that what you just saw is a figment of your imagination. So yeah. to answer your question, there is no doubt that when you have someone on videotape, Audio tape also, when you have someone's voice, is also as good, but not as good as the videotape.
0: Yeah,
1: um, that you're going to be successful nine point nine times out of ten in terms of a of a case. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. And I've done cases. Project Veritas used to bring us cases.
0: Yeah,
1: um, corruption cases. You know, of of local officials. We had a few, um, and uh, and those I can tell you, those those tapes are invaluable as far as um,
0: yeah
1: not necessarily and 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 i mean valuable in the sense that you don't necessarily have to go to trial because someone looks at that with a lawyer and they say to themselves i better cut my losses here. yeah do yeah. what i can to yeah. get out from under this yeah. you know so um it's a uh, it's you know it, it's a invaluable invaluable yeah. and um you know that's why we did it i mean just think about this tom i'll go back to what that colleague of mine said no one's ever done that before yeah so let's assume we i took his 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 advice and didn't do this so now i would have a crooked lawyer on the witness stand testifying against the supreme court judge and the crooked lawyer who admits to being crooked says oh i paid that guy money well now the lawyer who for the judge gets up and cross-examines him and and says well it's just your word against his honor's word yeah this guy so yeah The. No. <laughs> right what do you have yeah. you have uh, basically sometimes just a tie and that's not good enough yeah you know? so we yeah. had to have the the videotape
0: yeah i mean I, it makes sense more and more about i, I imagine you know you know what a skiff is s-c-i-f yes secure yes. compartmentalized information facility they use yeah. them for they use them a lot for like like uh like hyper classified uh, air force projects you know they go in for everyone listening it's it's basically, it's, I mean, it, some of them are bigger, but it's almost like a X box that's just, it's like EMP shielded, it's soundproof, there's no video can go in or out, you're stripped of all electronics when you go in. It's basically like the super secret place, right? It's like you and a friend. Congress has it.
1: Yeah, Congress yeah, yeah. Congress used it during the uh, during those impeachment yeah, hearings, yeah. you know, those, yeah. those interviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, it, it's basically, <laughs> it's like the grown-up version of like you and a friend going to like the edge of the like you know, the recess playground and being in the corner and be like, I have a crush right. on so-and-so. Right. It's, it's, it's grown up secrets trading. Exactly. But if yeah, I feel, I'm just thinking more and more like, man, if I was ever in the, in the spot of just doing something corrupt, I think you just have to assume that you're being recorded at all times, even if you're We're not, it's and it could come across as paranoia, which works for the the law enforcement. They want to instill paranoia, but you would just have to always be quiet. Just never assume that even if it's you and your wife at a vacation home in the middle of the Pacific, just assume that you're being recorded. You would have to do it all. I've often thought about this. Like if, if I wanted to, I guess, wave to the NSA. If I wanted to like assassinate the president, how would you do it? Or the Pope? You would just have to, you couldn't, I mean, you'd almost just have to like write it down on like pencil. With like, I mean, that's what they used. And Eric Schlosser's book, Command and Control, about the nuclear nuclear missile silos, the Titan missile silos, especially the one that blew up in Damascus, Arkansas, is one of the uh, tiers of security going in was like you had to be buzzed in. And then there's like another chamber. But there was a third chamber. Once they knew you came in and they had you on CCTV, and by this point you're already like 10 floors underground, they would then issue a code for the last door, and you would have to open it and punch it in. And then it would prompt them to unlock it. But before they unlocked it, you had that. There's a little it's like a metal room with nothing else in there. I'm not making this up. And there's a little metal wastebasket and there's a box of matches. And you have to burn the actual thing because the, they were like, yeah. nothing is going in. Or, and if you refuse yeah. to burn it, you can't come in and you also can't go out. And so it's just but there right. are that tears of everything. And so I've always thought like, man, if you really wanted to get away with anything, I don't think you can say it anywhere. I mean, even if you're out in the middle of the woods, I feel like you would have to – I mean, you'd have to get under like a blanket and like write it down with like chalk and show someone and then erase it. I feel like there's – I don't know where I'm going with this and you certainly No, but I
1: understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. You've got to – if you're a bad guy, you have to – you have to know – that where wherever you are, there's the potential for someone Same. to have you on tape doing whatever it is that you're yeah. doing. There's no yeah. doubt about that. Yeah. no doubt about it. And you know the proliferation of of cell phones, I mean, yeah, oh yeah, is makes it. You know, doubles, triples, quadruples the amount of uh, the ability to have some people pick you up on, on tape. You know, it's, um, it's you just have to be you know, ex- extremely, extremely careful or or, you know, in your your example of killing the president or killing the pope. You've got it it's a suicide mission. You've got to give it to I somebody who got, doesn't care. Yeah. You just go in. Yeah. You know and do it and then you know understand that you're going to get uh, killed. Maybe. And there are people who'll do that, time, Yeah. You know? Oh
0: yeah, yeah. I mean if cause, yeah, I mean Lee Harvey Oswald, yeah. I mean he want if you ever read his diaries, he the dude, it wasn't just a political thing. It was I'm going to be immortal. Yeah. Some will yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: I know there are there are nuts who um, psychopaths who who do that, who, Psycho- who do that, who do that. Psychopaths. You know,
0: uh, with with the, with voice recording? Sorry, I was interrupting you.
1: No, 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 no. go ahead. Um,
0: um, I was going to say... with Voice vo- recordings, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were just saying about, you know, especially with the abundance of cell phones. I always think about... I think about every, like, Alexa or Google Home sitting in everyone's home. And they say it doesn't record you, just like we knew for a fact that the NSA would never do domestic surveillance. We knew that for a fact, right? And then what comes out. And then to go further in one of james bamford's books about the nsa he talks about the importance of voice recording because in my mind i was always like if it's not video then how can you tell that it's just not someone impersonating or you could just deny it apparently you're you have to use a high fidelity microphone but your voice is up to a hundred times more unique than your fingerprint you have like a voice print
1: Well, we use voice prints all the time, you know, with, um, in in investigations, voice prints are, are excellent. And I, and I have, you know, I've been involved with situations. I did a lot of murder cases and there are a lot of people who were taped. I shouldn't say a lot. There are people who were taped um, issuing threats and things like that. And, and, you know, when you have them on tape and they say, it's not me, well, you know, uh. There's a way of proving that uh, they're wrong. You know, one of the other things that we use to talk about old videotape is when I was um, riding homicide duty, when I was a, a young assistant DA, one of the things that we, we always did was we had a video camera in the room when we took a confession from yeah. the defendant and witness, witness statements. Because um, it's, there's nothing like turning on that video camera at a trial, yeah. And uh, and playing it in front of a jury. And believe me, I've had some of the worst people you could ever possibly imagine say that I didn't say that. You know, you confront them on cross-examination and, and you say um, they say, no, I didn't. I never said that. Well, I, you know, you just wheel out the, the television, pop the tape in or uh, I'm really dating myself here with a tape, but yeah. pop the uh, the device in and say, isn't that you? Isn't that what you're saying? It's over at that point. Yeah, you know, it's over. Well, let me give you an example. Go back to the judges. When we picked up Garson and brought him to the, um, we brought him to that army base to do the, to, the questioning. Um, and I'm telling you, it was the, the one of the. The supervising judges called it the gulag yeah i think i write that yeah yeah, yeah. It looked like that tom it was freezing yeah there was snow on the ground there was no one around we put him in this room and when i sat down gave him his miranda warnings he was with his lawyer and um he said to me nah, I, I didn't do any of that i said really and i gave him i gave him i said well let me show you what we have your honor because he didn't think that we had anything and we had our detectives outside i did literally did this wheeled the tv in popped one of our recordings in and there he was you know what happened after that the lawyer said to me mike can you just wait outside for a minute left the room i would say 10 minutes later the lawyer comes to me and says, um, he can give you the head of the Democratic Party in Brooklyn because he wants to get out from under this. That's a true story. That's exactly what happened. The lawyer who was the witness against him did the same thing. He said, no, 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 I said, really? I said to him, did you, didn't you break the judge's candy dish in yeah. his chambers one day? How's, and he goes,
0: how's Scooter doing?
1: Yeah, I did say that. Yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah,
1: so you know, it's um, it's it's the kind of evidence that is um, I, there's no evidence that's totally invulnerable, but you know, it's the kind of evidence that uh, that's terrific. And now, you know, with the development and with the improvement of of video, it's a good thing, but it's also ha- it's a yeah. double edged sword because there are people who say it that thinks, there are machines in yeah. which you can do. "Quote unquote," photoshopping of you know video images, and um, they're, they're all, but you know you have to. That's why you can't depend just on the videotape. Yeah. Project Veritas has just the tape, but you know you need the witness in. You need somebody to, to kind of give you give it the you know the the imprimatur that it's that it's exactly what happened.
0: You yeah, know? so it's um, well, we have deep yeah. fakes now. You seen those deep yeah. fake? Deep fake? They're called deep fake. Have you seen yeah. those videos? I, those it's it's you just it's you can just you can make anyone look like anything you could take me and like blend my face with like bill clinton and you could have me talking about bombing serbia or something and it's the Mm -hmm. more the more processing time there's it's the longer you let it process the more realistic it gets granted it's still in its infancy but i mean go to a flip phone, a black and white phone, and look at that and say, that's going to be the next big thing. It's a flip phone. You go, just give it time. And now it's like, this isn't even a, a new iPhone, but it would still blow the shit out of anything from the 90s. Exactly. I think it's alien technology. Yeah.
1: Hey, listen, I did I did a case against two wise guys They committed a murder. It was a, a, of a guy who was a rival to them who was selling drugs on their territory. And, and uh, this guy who they killed was... Um, was one of these all-american boys he was a high school football hero he was a, he was so had a good job on wall street he, and the case went nowhere until somebody came forward and said um you know i think i had this little piece of information and we built the case we mm-hmm. made the case but you know i i knew that i had the right guys and i had one witness who happened to be in a jail cell and the the, one of the eyewitnesses to the case had had a police uh, artist draw a sketch of one of the guys that did the murder. And when this this witness was in the jail cell slash defendant in the in the, in the jail cell, he looked at the the, the 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 photo which was hanging up in the or the drawing which was hanging up in the police station, and said to the detective, "Come here! Haven't you caught uh, his name was Joe Beef? Haven't you caught this guy Joe Beef yet?" So they said, "What are you talking about?" He said, "That sketch is Joe Beef." So where where, I, where I'm going with this is that the the uh, ability to have, in addition to the you know to the actual to a videotape, the ability to have a witness who has that kind of knowledge of the people that are involved in the investigation or involved in the crime is it makes the case that much more, yeah. um, that much stronger. In that case, we had no videotape. So I knew that it was not going to fly if I had just this witness. So we went out and found the, so a total of four witnesses who told not only this, the, the, the crux of the story, but also little bits and pieces that, um, that kind of made it a complete puzzle, you know, and um, and my argument to the jury was that, you know, maybe one guy can be attacked, two guys can be attacked, but three and four basically doing, not saying the same thing because they weren't parrots, you know, they weren't, because um, that's another argument that a defense makes is that, you know, they're too rehearsed. These guys gave little bits and pieces that yeah. kind of say to the jury, you know what, that guy does know what he's talking about. And, um, but that coupled with a videotape would have been, you know, there wouldn't have been a trial time. Yeah. There wouldn't have been a trial. The defense attorney would have looked to, um, you know, to, to plead out and, and work a deal if we had that. Yeah. But, um, you know, and it worked, it yeah. worked. These guys, I convicted both of these wise guys. They're in, they're still in jail right yeah.
0: now. Yeah. So. And, in a, in a way video and audio that also kind of strengthens the, I mean, I would say it strengthens the justice system because if that becomes the norm, of you have to provide that if you can get video and audio and it's just like 10 different candid angles and and days of me and every time a subject comes up i'm just like oh yeah no fuck that like no i don't do that tommy you sure you don't take money from this guy i'm like dude fuck no dude like i've got a podcast i live above my parents garage like i'm just doing you know it's they get that so many angles you get to a point where it's like that guy candidly is like saying in confidence he has no idea what you're talking about and so it kind of helps right
1: Oh, without a
0: doubt. Granted, again, I'm nauseatingly optimistic at times, so I can see where it's like, you dumb bitch. This is going to be used against you. But, yeah, so I got you five more minutes. What is going to happen right right now? And I I try pretty hard not to bring politics in this podcast, but this election's in the air, and it's kind of hard not to talk about it. What do you think is going to happen with, and not even, not even for political outcome, do you think that they're going to expose fraud Either or it doesn't matter for who. Again, I'm not trying to make an argument for or against Biden and or Trump. Do you think that they're going to find some some fraud? Because it seems like I, it's I think so, to that. but I'm
1: so pessimistic about <laughs> the way that investigations happen in Washington these days yeah. that I don't know anything will come of it. You know, I just, um, I mean, I, I can't imagine a stronger case than what they have already in terms of the whole Russia yeah. you know, dossier stuff, and yet there's not a some poor schmuck lawyer for the fbi is the only guy who took a plea yeah you know because he admitted to changing documents and to make an fbi form say something that it didn't say you know so um i i believe that um that there is a deep state and i think that absolutely um, is you know i think it's i don't think it's going to happen i you know as i said before now whether or not um I just, I do think that this is not going to be settled today, tomorrow, next week. It's going to, this is going, it's going to time. go,
0: this is going to get a long way. This is going to way. go exactly. If there, if if you could imagine an election in the form of twenty twenty, that's exactly what this is.
1: Yeah, exactly. Twenty twenty exactly.
0: is. Yeah. I don't know why I'm so surprised of course 2020 did this it's really i'm
1: not surprised i'm not surprised at all i think that it's a um i I think no matter what was going to be the outcome as far as um you know the number on election night that somebody was going to say it's not right and we got to do this no matter which side
0: yeah i
1: i do do really believe that that there was a Fox made a big mistake with that calling oh, Arizona, Arizona uh-huh. when it did. Oh, yeah. No, because that, that had yeah. a psychological effect on, on a lot of people. And there were still votes out there, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. still people
0: voting. And that that so. wasn't that was an incompetence. I think that's that's, a, that's psychological. That's right out of the PSYOP handbook. It's exactly oh, what Oh, I agree with you. That's I agree exactly with you. What I is. think that
1: there were, you know, you talk about these... The Never Trumpers. The Never Trumpers were everywhere and including including in at Fox. And um so that was a really big I remember I was watching. I happened to be watching. I didn't watch much I, of the night I watched but I happened to be watching at that point and I said, Whoa, what is that? Yeah. And um, you know, I I didn't really understand it. But,
0: yeah. but I watched um, till till five AM and I was watching I was just watching and it was just I was watching all these um I was watching some of these, like, more liberal streams, and they are all just like, fuck it, God damn it, Trump won again, and they're just going on. I was watching, it was kind of, it just kind of seemed over, and I was watching it, and, like, I just screenshotted the uh, electoral, th- but I, I remember the reason why I kind of stayed up was because it was at, like, two or three, and I don't know why I'm trying to make it sound like I was exclusively watching. I was playing video games and listening to an audiobook. It was just an excuse. I was like, Oh, I gotta pay attention. This is American history. Bullshit. I'm just shooting Nazis. And I'm like, I'm doing something good, but I was I was watching, you know, I was like, but I just remember seeing the like because uh, I kept refreshing like the percentage of votes in. And I just I saw it pause uh, because I'm OCD about it. I do this with watching my own videos on YouTube, seeing the numbers go different times. I like watching how it right. changes over time. So I was watching it and I was like, oh, they're kind of freezing. Because I've I've come to like ig- notice really quickly when something's like sketchy with my stuff, and I was like, oh, they're freezing, and I thought it was my internet, and I kept checking. I was like, they're freezing I was like, why are they all freezing? And then one by one, these states—none of the ones that had been called for Trump, and none of the ones that had been called for Biden—but the ones that were still being decided and were leaning Trump—and this isn't an opinion or a, or a bias. This is this is a fact. Wisconsin. Michigan they all all the voting ah. they just stopped and I was like ah, I know. Well, my first thought was like oh my god there was like a terrorist attack I was like something happened I was like 2020 damn it but then they're like everyone's going home and I was this is only the fourth election i voted in I'm 30 but I was trying to think I was like I'm ashamed but I actually couldn't remember I was like wait does does voting normally stop i actually couldn't remember i was like maybe it does past a certain point i don't know midnight is there no
1: counting doesn't stop the voting stop voting stops the counting and i was trying to think
0: and i was like i was trying to think of 2016 but i went to bed for that but then i was like obama romney obama mccain i was pretty young but i do remember like bush gore and i remember that was weird but i was like maybe it stopped and it just stopped and it stopped in all these. And I was like, that's weird. And then Trump came out at, at like two in the morning and was like, you know, we're going to halt this because we don't want anyone finding ballots at four in the morning. And I just kind of laughed. I was like, I was like, yeah, that because like, that is a thing. not sarcastically, that is a thing. And I woke up the next morning. I was like, how the fuck did these flip? And then it's like, what, the statistical impossibility that is 168,000 votes came in for Biden in Michigan. Oh, sorry, 168,000 ballots were found hundred and sixty eight thousand of which were for Biden not for Trump and not for Joe Jorgensen. And I was like I know. It's it's like I was like, that's a little hairy. It's getting a little sketchy, and then it turns out that he had more Biden had more votes than there not Democratic votes, Biden had more votes than there were voters in Wisconsin. And I was like it's you know a little creepy, but then Trump calls to stop the counting, and I'm like, well, that's not good either. That's not good optics. And then I was just like, I don't know what I expected. Of course, 2020 just takes a big old shit on the electoral yeah. process and is like, have fun, y'all. But
1: that's it. <laughs> that's it. Hey, yeah. listen, you gotta you gotta yeah. have me back. We gotta talk about the uh, I'm the one... dentist, I'm... the uh, the corrupt dentist who was stealing body parts. Yeah, we haven't gotten to that uh,
0: the that, that story. Was creepy as hell. I don't know if you've... I don't think you play video games, but in the off chance you do, Grand Theft Auto 4, which came out in, like, 2008. One of the... And it takes place in New York, Liberty City. One of the missions is you go... You kind of go, like, take these two bodies from a morgue and, like, you bring them somewhere, and the guy throws He's like, where are you... Like, your character's like, what are you doing with these bodies? And he's like, there's a doctor that takes them, and they use the tissue. And I remember playing that video game, and I was like, that's such bullshit. This is too... And then listening to your book, and I was like, "Oh my God, they're actually body snatchers!"
1: Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> well, absolutely.
0: Well, before I we even
1: Astro Marino.
0: Yeah, I was going to say before we even do the um uh family one, let's uh let's set up let's set up one for the body snatchers. Sure. By any chance, do you have your you count? We don't need to do this right now. Any chance you have Sunday the twenty second? That's my next opening. I have guests every day until then. Hold on, I've got that whole week, actually.
1: Yeah, I'm not. It's 22nd. I'm not sure because it's. Uh, I, I'm supposed to be taking my sons out for uh, gotcha. one of their birthdays on that day. Gotcha. So, how about during the week? How about the 23rd, 24th, something like that?
0: Whatever you want, 23rd. Okay. 20th. How about uh, what's 24th looking like for you? It's fine. 24th. Yeah. What t- what time works for you?
1: Um, this time works. 2 we p.m. Eastern
0: two... time. What's that say? 2 1... p.m. 1... Eastern time.
1: 2 p.m. Oh, sorry,
0: it's. it's I, I normally do two o'clock. I'm sorry, I'm losing my mind. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm gonna put you down. That's becoming a thing now, where I just I'm now scheduling guests at the end of episodes. I don't know why. I don't wait to finish recording. I guess I'm just impatient. We're
1: good. Two o'clock on the 24th. We'll talk about um, the body snatchers. Well, the body snatchers. There you yeah. go.
0: I got you on. It's. That was some creepy shit. That was some creepy shit. Yeah, I was going to say, we can segue into that. My uncle did his residency. He's brilliant. He went to Duke Med School and did his residency at Jackson Memorial in Miami, which does more than 51% of all the organ transplants in the Western Hemisphere. And he worked in the top floor where the helicopters come in, so at the most traumatic spot of the trauma hospital. Right. He told me right before I got into med school— he told me. He said, "Take organ donor off your card," and I thought he was fucking with me. And he said, "Take it off." And he goes, "Because if it's not, I can tell you for a fact: one, they won't work as hard on you; two, before the helicopter even lands, you'll be marked up with a marker like a like a like a stake. Who's ta- who's yeah. getting what? Because there's a yep. lot of dirty money and people. There's a billionaire that needs a new liver. He goes, he'll get it. I tell people that, and they roll their eyes this guy this guy is a physician this guy is a is a respected physician and listening to your book certainly granted yours was with dead bodies but still I don't know I'm getting a little
1: uh, don't listen you know I'll give, just leave this leave, okay. say this with your with, to your your audience this case with dead bodies as you say them created more um, I guess uh, reaction or the greatest reaction that I have ever had in all my years, with the families who, who, when we told them that their loved one had been ravaged before they were uh, embalmed or cremated, terms, and I mean ravaged, as yeah. you heard, you re- heard from the book, um, they were they were beside themselves, and every time the case was on the calendar. We had a courtroom filled with family members who were ready to uh, if they could they would have taken master marino's head off i tell you that's how how angry they were and um, it had nothing to do one of the lawyer when i first called his lawyer and said you know this is what we have he said well what's the big deal it's only it's dead bodies and it's you know just paperwork what there's nothing here you're never going to get a jury to you know to convict this guy
0: well, yeah. Wait until it's your family member. I won't give you
1: the. I won't give Go give away the ending at yeah. this point because it's yeah. a good ending.
0: That is some yeah. But people often wonder. They're like, "What do you care? It's a dead body." Until it starts to be someone you love, and you realize you that love, they're just exactly. being, they're they, being handled like a like an expired gallon of milk. Just, yeah, you know, just go throw it in the woods, and you're like they're just being ravaged. Yeah, just shit. What was that case in Georgia in like the early two <clears> thousands? That family that wasn't cremating. They said they were, but they were just stacking the bodies in the woods. Did do I, you remember yeah. that? I do a,
1: remember it vaguely. I don't remember specifics. But, me uh, neither. Hey, look, when we, when we raided this guy's garage, he had meat freezers oh. in his garage. Oh. And we opened up the freezers, and there were body parts in the freezers. So. That
0: is some ghoulish shit.
1: Yeah, it was.
0: Let's save that for the next episode, because we're going to okay. get too into it. Thank you, Tom. Thank you so much for coming on, for everybody listening and watching Crooked Brooklyn. I'll put it in the description and the top comment, and it'll also be in the thumbnail. It is every oh, there? It is fantastic book. It's only like what? It's only like eight hours, seven eight hours in terms of audiobooks That was that's, great. That's very doable. Yeah, everyone great. listen to it. It's a great book. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I wouldn't have had you on if I didn't enjoy it. I would have been like Bruce, this guy sucks. Yeah, <laughs> but no, of I course. liked it. I liked it. <laughs> yeah. People say that too. I am I am brutal. I don't give a shit if someone's book is, sucks and I think you're going to be terrible and be like, dude, get lost. I don't want to talk to you. Your book was awesome. I I enjoyed Thank you. it.
1: Thank you.
0: Until Thank next you. time, stay safe. God bless. God bless. God bless America.
1: Yep, gotcha. Take care.
0: Peace.